0: Talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome back. Hey, I'm in the studio today with a good friend of mine, Bob Murphy. How are you, Bob?
1: I'm well, thank you.
0: I was trying to think of how to introduce you. I could use uh, all the letters that go behind your name. You've got a handful of them, Um, jurisdiction doctor right a right. lawyer at some right. point right. uh reverend so you're a m div and right. you're a nurse right. uh and then good how many others is that that's, that's, good. that's father, good father father husband that's yes yes <laughs> uh, i guess ceo at one point right 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 uh, but anyways uh, if you're a chaplain chaplain that's right, right. gosh we could just keep going right <laughs> um it's it's For those who know you, they know you, and for those who don't, uh, they need to know you because you are kind of my go-to guy for understanding how corporate, um, I would say how corporate um, customer service should work. That is pretty much your specialty. Um, So take just a moment, if you will, and share with folks uh, what you used to do and and what you maybe still do because we're going to talk about a really important issue here, particularly with... um, how your words matter and how your words can reduce anxiety and how they can help people on the worst of days uh, to not have the worst of days. And right. and literally, it's the right words at the right time. And so you can essentially be Jesus in the flesh with with people um, in, in a way that that he calls us to be salt and light. So yes. that might have been too <laughs> Too weird for some people to well, hear, but that's, that's right. essentially what we're able to do. So introduce yourself, if you will. Anything we need to know about you?
1: Sure. So I've um, had a career in healthcare that goes back to age thirteen. So um, forty years, uh, right around there, forty-one years, in different things, different roles. Emergency services, um, fire service, healthcare. I've been hospital CEO. I've been president of a medical large medical practice. Um, I've worked in long-term care, and but I had I had this privilege, this period of time for about ten years, full time, that I worked for a company called Studer Group, and we worked around the world, building leaders in healthcare. So leadership development, focusing on. Um, I, I know before when you're trying to introduce me, it's I would say culture is what you know, right? So yeah. service, excellence, um, engagement of your of your staff. So culture and. Uh, that, so, that's me.
0: So the people listening now, if they're not directly engaged in uh, the, the C-suite of a hospital, they're going, well, gosh, why in the world should I listen to this? Mm. Well, truth be told, you are. we are going to direct this more towards um, medical workers, so nurses, doctors, practitioners. Sure. But there are pro- principles here that really uh, go across the board. Your examples sure. are going to be medical, but sure. every single human being can learn by learning and understanding the right words at the right time. Sure. So as
1: you mentioned in the introduction a little bit, uh, how um, every word matters, like all of our words matter to reduce anxiety. While you were just speaking, I was thinking of a typical parent. A child falls, skins their knee, gets hurt. What's the first word their parent says? It's going to be okay. Right, yeah. that's what they try to get across. Um, you reminded me when you mentioned. Actually,
0: my word was more like you deserve yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> I,
1: I, I might have said, "What were you thinking?" But it never. It, that did see. There is the example of I could raise anxiety with what I say. Oh man, I'm or a poor example. Anxiety. Me too. Me too. There was something it about up, buttercup. There was something about when my kids got hurt. I would always like uh I would create an anger. Not, not an anger that they did it, but that they felt pain. Yeah. And immediately some of my actions would be like, what were you thinking? It was more like that. And and after a few minutes I could get to, it'll be okay. But by then I'd made an impression. And True. they remember that.
0: That's a heck of an example of yeah. a real life. Yeah. And so we do this, we don't even realize it. Exactly. We respond and we yeah. don't even yeah. realize
1: But it. But we should as it relates to our business, our, our in particular, I, I speak in businesses, right? So I think we must uh, be prepared. We can't just shoot from the hip. Those are the things that are that are causing businesses to struggle. We want to be, think about Chick-fil-A. They, those employees know exactly what to say in each encounter. Yeah. If a customer says, thank you, back, 100% of the time they're gonna say, it's my pleasure. Want, they don't think about it. No, they don't say no problem. They don't say uh, okay. They they say it's my pleasure. Why? Because that company wants a consistent experience. I think we need to build that into our uh, all of our businesses, not just Chick Fil A's, not just hospitals.
0: Yeah, and you know, I guess I guess it'd be uh, the fear from somebody would be, man, I don't want to be programmed. I don't want to be um, you know uh, stale or or like seem like it's always a business transaction sure. but what i've noticed about the chick-fil-a people is once you've worked at chick-fil-a mm-hmm. you say my pleasure pretty much all the time everywhere you go right i mean that is kind of the chick-fil-a calling card for post chick-fil-a employees right, right. my pleasure so right. it becomes a part of who you are so right. it's really not a lot of work right it's really a way of thinking i suppose it is
1: because the other thing is the more you say it the more you do it think it you know it becomes you and you know, Ritz-Carlton, It's My Pleasure was part of their deal. Then Marriott bought them. Now Marriott does it. So it's not just Chick-fil-A, and it's not scripting. This is, this is the, like the edge of what you were talking about. We're not talking about scripting people here today. What we're talking about is creating phrases that are going to reduce anxiety for the person you're serving. Very important. And to know the difference. I don't want a robot. I want a person to understand and act like it's my pleasure. Right. And if you can't, maybe you're in the wrong job. You you might be in the wrong place.
0: So why should we care? Why should we care about a person's anxiety to where we want to go through the effort? Because after all, if in a job situation, they're here for a service. I'm not a uh, I'm not a mental health person. I'm a doctor. So I'm just going to fix them and send them on. Let somebody else do that. I'm obviously playing the devil's advocate.
1: Sure. No, it's a a good question. The healthcare example is perfect uh, example. When we reduce anxiety for the people that we're serving, right, we build compliance with them, right? So here's what I mean. If I reduce your anxiety and you begin to trust me, mm-hmm. right, even a little bit of trust and then a little bit more trust, then when I ask you to do something like take a certain medicine, eat a certain food or don't eat that food, change your lifestyle, have a, have a test or an operation, you're much more likely to do it if you trust me and you'll trust me if you have less anxiety about working with me see the connection yeah. so ultimately what we say leads to better outcomes in healthcare
0: and i guess it really makes for a more pleasurable interaction anyhow because if you're with somebody who's anxious they're going to be they're going to have walls up and there's going to be sure. resistance but yeah. there's also going to be maybe some animosity or some um uh, they, they i think people oftentimes reciprocate sure what they get yeah and so that if if there's a lack of concern for a person yeah. then that's going to be reciprocated and yeah. it's going to be this downward downward yeah. spiral I'll,
1: I'll give you an example in my own life this week i was in um uh, i was in another state and i was working at an event speaking at an organization and staying at a hotel the hotel didn't serve breakfast early enough for me to get to my event on time so they said you're in luck you could go across the street there's a restaurant across the street so i six o'clock in the morning, I was across the street, 24 hour restaurant. And, uh, turns out they didn't offer seating in the restaurant until after seven o'clock. So that, that kills the whole thing. But they said I could sit on the bench in their lobby if I wanted to sit. So I couldn't sit at a table, but I could sit in the lobby (laughs) on a bench, you know? And and I thought, well, that's just dumb, Um, right? So I said, that sounds dumb. I, I don't. I don't understand. Can you explain it to me? And the f- first thing she said was, "It's not my fault." Yeah. And immediately when she said that, it was like pushing a button for me. I know it wasn't. Her. She wasn't the owner of the restaurant. I get that at six o'clock in the morning. But uh, have a little compassion. I just explained. I, I had to have breakfast before I went to work all day. I wasn't going to get time for, to eat. And I really just wanted to sit down and eat some bacon and eggs. And she said, yes, sit in the lobby on the bench. And and I thought, if she wouldn't have said, it's not my fault. Like, pointing the blame at someone else triggered my response to say, now that's dumb. And uh, it's amazing the, how I reciprocated that way. And then I found myself saying, okay, I kn- I'm sorry. I know it's not your <laughs> I gotta fault. I got to go
0: teach this. And, I and have then I... Yeah. I, I, then
1: I Grab, I grabbed my bags and just walked back out. I, I wasn't going to sit there. So isn't that a
0: natural response, though, for most people? Yeah. To be defensive or um, maybe even to be short? Sure. Um, I, when you're saying that illustration, it reminded me of last night. I was uh, at an event, and there were sheriff's officers uh, or sheriff's deputies directing traffic, lots and lots of cars. And I was in the right lane. Another guy was in the left lane. And there was a police officer in front with a with a uh, flashlight waving. So I started going a little bit faster to kind of get around to let the guy go behind me. And the guy kind of jumps and stop, I'm trying to tell you to stop. And I'm thinking, well, then stop waving your flashlight like right. it's a go. Right. So, yeah. but I, so I rolled down the window and go, I'm sorry, I thought you were telling me to go. And you could tell there was a little attitude, but sure. some something in either what I said or what he said, there was kind of a switch and a recognition sure. of, hey, we don't need to get... Yeah frustrated at this right because honestly i wanted i wanted to say hey dummy don't wave the flashlight to go if you want me to stop sure good thing you didn't hold it say still that. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah well it would have done no good right right but he fortunately was smart enough to recognize hey this isn't a guy just trying to challenge me sure. he was trying to explain he sure. wasn't being rude or disobedient and it, but but in those those circumstances happen every single day sure. and we have to choose which direction we'll go So how do we choose? How do we be? How how can we be the catalyst for turning one of those situations into a positive, less anxiety ridden event as opposed to going the other direction? What do we have to do?
1: Okay, so as I'm going to use the word leader when you say we I'm thinking of uh, the this doesn't apply to every individual in every circumstance of their lives to be this specific but if you're a leader if you're an owner of a business what you do to to sort of uh to avoid those moments of anxiety is plan for them think ahead right spend uh some time or ask your employees at the pointy ends of the spear where you know the customer interaction is the closest and find out the most common things that cause anxiety that cause conflict that cause issues, start there. Make a list of those things. Okay. I would start there. Then you, you literally map out, okay, to, in order to avoid this from happening, here's what we're going to say in advance. Let me give you some examples. Wow. Here's what people want when they come to, uh, I'll, I'll use healthcare, but it, you could think of a lot of examples. Here's what people want to know when they come into your business. Who are you? <laughs> uh, who, who are you? Like, I don't know you. We've never met. We don't have, unless I come there all the time, we don't have a relationship. Are you any good at what you do? Is this day one or do you have 30 years of experience? I'd like to know that, right? A good friend of mine um, was involved in a hit and run accident uh, recently and on a bicycle. And by the time he got to the hospital and his head was a little clearer, he was telling me the other day, one of his first thoughts about the ER doctor was, are you well-trained? Do you know what you're doing? I know you're an ER doctor, but that doesn't mean you're the same as everybody else, right? Are you, are you a good, are you one of the good ones, right? And uh, this was an in, very interesting. Like when we go to places, we wonder, are you any good? Are you well-trained? Do you know what you're doing? We. How about, do you care about me? I, I This morning, driving here, I stopped to get a little breakfast at a fast food restaurant. And the guy at the window handed me the food literally wouldn't look at me handed, <laughs> handed the bag out handed the orange juice out and and i sat there for a minute and i said well thank you does that say something good about morning. you or him have a good day and until he turned around and looked at me and here's the answer he went huh he grunted <laughs> and i thought i get it i get it it's a fast food restaurant i shouldn't care but i do i'm a human yeah, being human. you know what you know what this boils down to Human beings want human contact. Yeah. They want to know the other person sees them, hears them, listening. Right? Uh, is uh, cares about them. You you know what I want to know? I want to know how long will this take? Go to go to any business where there's a wait, and you want to know <laughs> how long. Even if you don't have anywhere to go afterwards, yeah. or you're an hour ahead, you still want to know how long will this take? Those simple things create unnecessary anxiety that we could solve so simply
0: wow you know i'm thinking through the church world how how many questions people have yeah. we we take for granted if we're used to going to church and yeah. if we you know for me i've been doing this for 47 years yes so there are things that i just know yes but if i've never been here before and i come i'm like wait a minute what about this that yes. that makes a lot yes. of sense so
1: so think about the way you just said that jeff in, in your in your um personal experience. Imagine a new person who comes to church this Sunday. They've never been in this church before. Let's assume they've been somewhere before, yeah. but never this church. They don't know you, right? There's nothing they could do to figure out. Imagine if you got up there and said, my name is Jeff Spooniebarger. I'm the lead pastor. Here. I've been a pastor for 40. I've been preaching for 47 years. Pause there for a minute. Can you imagine the impact of a new person? Whoa, 47 years. This guy knows what he's talking about. Like he's, this and, and listen, someone's going to want to argue, well, what about someone who just got out of seminary and yeah. there's the, we'll deal with them later, but right yeah. now it's you. How about this? Uh, someone who comes to our church for the first time has no idea when they're leaving. <laughs> you know you go to some churches, you're there for you're,
0: <laughs> you better pack a lunch. yeah, <laughs>
1: and, and so they have no idea there's there is a little anxiety yeah. what, what time? Imagine if you said, normally you know we're, my what we're going to do here is I'm going to preach and when I'm done, it'll be about x o'clock. Thank yeah. you for coming today. Those little key words for someone who's new just take away a little bit wow, of anxiety, that's really solid. and then they're and then they're just sitting there thinking, all right, I I can do noon. I could, that's good. Yeah, forty-seven years. Now they're paying attention. You've got an instant credibility when you tell someone about yourself that way. And in healthcare, it's the same way. If a doctor walks into a, the ER, for instance, and says, "I'm sorry you had to wait," okay, those are key words, right? Think about that. What if, for most people, they don't have to wait, right? Yeah. But what if you did? Are you wondering, do they know how long I've been here? Do they know they're looking at their watch all the time? But if you say, I'm sorry you had to wait, and it wasn't a long wait, the first reaction for most people is, uh, no, no, it wasn't bad. No, Immediately, we've yeah. got this little bond now, right? If you say, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm a specialist in emergency medicine. I've been, uh, I've been practicing for 12 years Um, thank you listen if the person's unconscious or they're combative I'm not an idiot you don't have this conversation right but for 99% of the people we come in contact with what would be wrong with saying a few words like that at the beginning
0: you know really what you're talking about is empathy it's just simply caring about people uh, more than just caring about them in your head. Sure. How,
1: how would you want to be treated? Yeah. And what would you want to hear if you were in the same circumstance?
0: To make it even stronger, I would say how does my how do I want them to treat my mother? Right. You I, know, I because because y- you and I have a different personality. we're yeah. I mean, we care but it, which it we're yeah. maybe a little bit thick-skinned on right. some things. Right. But you you want them to treat your mother or your your wife or your daughter yes. a certain way. Yes. Um and so the truth is, it doesn't take much to do this. Right. It really doesn't. It just takes a little bit of thinking. Right. And a little bit of effort. Right.
1: So, so, and I'm gonna, let me add to that. It requires thinking, right? Effort, coming up with what are those key phrases that we're going to use that reduce anxiety. But then we have to teach all of our. His, this is where it gets hard. Yeah. Teach all of our staff or others that are involved at that pointy end where the customer is, and ensure that they do it consistently. Right. We mentioned Chick-fil-A earlier. If I don't like the phrase, it's my pleasure. How long do you predict I could last working there? How long would they let me stay? Because I don't I don't they like wouldn't. I'm not comfortable. Let me say this. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with that phrase. I like it in another way. How long could I stay?
0: You couldn't. Right. I mean, there's that, that, that's, a, that's that's a, that's that's the hard part. Yeah,
1: because leaders aren't willing to say this is how we do it. And if you can't do it that way, you can't stay here. They're very that's a tough thing,
0: which is ironic, though, because uh, most people who go to Chick-fil-A to work, they recognize as they go, hey, this sure. it, it's enough of a culture sure. that if they don't like that phrase, they don't even go in the first but, place. Right.
1: Because that's the culture. Yeah. But what if you come into a place and you don't know what the culture is like?
0: So let's talk about that. So let's suppose we're in a place where it, there is not a culture of this kind of hospitality and mm. graciousness mm. and. Kindness and you right. know humility, all those words that that um, are highly valued in terms of the reality of how people want to be treated. Yes. Um, how do you how do you change the culture? I mean, because sure. that that's a harsh shift for a lot of places. Sure.
1: So I think it's a lot harder to change from the bottom up. Like if you're if you just got hired to be the receptionist, y- you have X amount of control over the, your mm-hmm. world. Right. Right. Mm-hmm but you can control your world. For instance, if you're the receptionist at a business that that does or doesn't do what we're talking about, you could decide you're, you're, the way you're gonna act instead of as receptionist and the way everybody expects, you're gonna be the director of first impressions, right? And as director of first impressions, these key phrases are just normal. It's the way it works, right? Someone walks in the door, you make a decision. How many seconds is it gonna take before you look in the eye and greet them. That's that's part of this process. You're gonna decide how you answer the phone, right? You can answer the phone, um, y- you know, like like in a regular business where you there's a line. You're like next in line. Well, it could sound that way on the phone too, right? Yeah. So you you can decide if you're a, if you're a frontline employee to do this yourself. But mostly it comes from leaders or owners, and they say what we're doing is good, but we want to do something better. So we're gonna focus. And then you do that. You, you you involve the staff. You gather up those points of entry and what the points of potential anxiety or conflict are. Map out what you're going to say, and then everybody gets trained. And then you got to reward people when they do it right. You gotta you gotta confront people and and coach them when they're not. Um, you've got to listen carefully to feedback from customers to see if it's working or not. All of those things to to change from not doing it, to doing it.
0: Wow, um, so can you give us uh, some specifics of knowing the right words, or yeah. um, maybe, maybe, t- maybe particularly in the healthcare sure. industry, sure. what are some of those sure. contexts?
1: Sure, so there we can break them down into moments, right? There's the f- first moment we meet, the first moment two people meet in healthcare, uh, a, uh, a person who works there uh, doing some, something uh, in the business and then a patient or a customer or a family. Separate those two. Well, they're going to meet a lot. They're going to meet in hallways. They're going to meet in elevators. They're going to meet in offices. They're going to meet in care situations. So the, that, that moment of meeting, that acknowledgement of the other human being, that's one place to start, right? How do I acknowledge as the person working there What's my responsibility to acknowledge the patient or the family member? How do I do that? And, and it's eye contact, a smile, and some sort of kind word at the beginning. You're right? So let's just, let's just make that uh, a baseline that for everyone, they're going to get eye contact, they're going to get a smile, and they're going to get a kind word. Now, somebody people are going to say, well, you know, some cultures don't like eye contact. Don't don't sweat that stuff right yeah. now. Where most people are right now, eye contact is perfect. It's exactly the right thing to do. And if you do it in the first place and you and you're wrong um, because you were you misunderstood, the kindness is still gonna come across. You'll still be able to build a relationship. That's the first step. The second step is how you take that gl- sort of fleeting moment of eye contact and smile, that first impression, to now, how do I introduce myself? And, and this is something, it's amazing how few people, I know in healthcare, want to do this. They don't want to feel like they're bragging, right? That's what they say. I don't want to be bragging and tell them I've been doing this for 47 years. Well, it's, if you thought about it as my job is to reduce your anxiety, then it wouldn't be bragging. In fact, I think it would be negligence not to tell someone so that they could feel a little better, their heart rate could slow down a little bit. You know, when my dad was uh, recently getting healthcare, he had to have some radiation therapy. And uh, when he walked into that sort of space lab kind of place, fancy equipment, sterile, cold, I can, I can only imagine the fear, right? He never said it, but you can just imagine it. And if somebody would have looked him in the eye and said, Hi, my name is uh, Christina, I've been doing this for 28 years, you're in good hands. What would that have done? Oh yeah, that changed everything. But healthcare people, others, they want to push back, and I don't want to brag. Christina wasn't bragging; she was she was making my dad feel good about where he was, the choice he made a little he was, she was making my dad a little less afraid yeah. which is that one phrase
0: well you know it, it, there's a huge difference between saying hi my name is christine i've been doing this for 28 years you're in good hands mm-hmm. and hi my name is uh dr christina i have a phd in uh, med- medical neuroscience and i have mm-hmm. a you know extended research i mean that there's a big big difference between yeah. the two
1: yeah um, i think you say what you need to say to let the person you're with know they're in good hands for yeah. some people if I go to the world's best specialist f- on something because I need that world's best specialist, they—they're the this one this, this disease I think I have is is rare, and this then I want to know a little bit more about that person. But yeah. what what we got to get away from is I'm Dr. Murphy. How can I help you? Why are you here today? That's not good enough um, in most circumstances.
0: Wow. Such an easy shift, yeah. that can really make a difference in the anxiety of yeah. a person coming in.
1: Yeah, let me give you one more example. So if we've got the that that first connection, then the introduction, there's one more, and it's uh, in the how long You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but as a as a society, I think we just want stuff faster, mm-hmm. right? We're just our tolerance for delays, I mean, just just look at the news, Which and you'll is, see people going flipping out in airports because yeah. of delays. I mean, it, and I see it when I travel. But when you attack
0: somebody through a drive-through, yeah. you've got an issue with. The, <laughs> right, right. You I did atta- some patience. Okay, I didn't attack the guy. Just <laughs> no, saying, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't talking about you. I was <laughs> oh, yeah. thinking about the guy that yeah. attacked somebody through right. the right. McDonald's drive-through or something. Yeah.
1: yeah, here's. But here's the thing: I think in so many different places we could be better at telling people how long we think stuff's going to take. That's a great idea. Because here's why. We know how long there's either a standard or we've measured it or we've been doing it for years. I'll do a doctor's office, okay, yeah. as the example. Um, in a doctor's office, typically, you, you check in at the front window, they bring you to the back to check your blood pressure and your temperature, and they weigh you, and then they put you in a room, uh, usually for you know a, a few more questions, and just before the, um, the uh, patient care tech leaves or the nurse leaves, they say these words, the doctor will be right in. Yeah. How long is right?
0: <laughs> Not very right. I mean,
1: nobody knows. Uh, is that a fi- is this a five minute doctor? Is this a, th- a, a forty five minute doctor? How long will I be sitting here in a paper gown? How long will I be sitting here while my family might be in the waiting room or my husband's in the car? You know, it would it would it's so simple to say, Mr. Murphy. Uh, the doc Dr. Westenfer is going to be in to see you usually from now to when Dr. Westenfer gets in here is about 15 minutes now let me explain why because Dr. Wester's ther- is very thorough and she never wants her patients to feel rushed so she's in with someone else right now not rushing them right which means you're going to get that same attention now if it's going to be more than 15 minutes I'm going to stick my head in and let you know because I'll be paying attention why can't brilliant. we? brilliant. Yeah. That
0: takes nothing to do that. Right. And you've just totally reduced right. the anxiety and fear right. by exponential levels.
1: Right. And even if you told me it was going to be an hour, I could say, okay, I've got to pick up my daughter at school. I don't have an hour. Yeah. Can we reschedule? Like now I can make decisions, but you've my anxiety.
0: Yeah. That's brilliant. And, and that really does transfer into every area of life imagine with children now uh, this is a whole nother topic sure, we could talk sure, about sure. but children experience a lot of anxiety um yes. the number of drugs that are given to children because of anxiety that tends to just move into teenage years into adulthood and th- this is a this is a major issue as far as i i can see uh, yes but imagine a family who has a, a parents who have the wisdom to say Hey guys, listen. We're gonna we're gonna have dinner, and then we're gonna work on the dishes, and then we're gonna do a little homework, and then we're gonna play. Right. I mean, just just laying it out there, that way there's no surprises. Right. Um, I oftentimes tell one of my children, now this shouldn't be a surprise to you. I told you when we started that you're gonna be doing this. Right. <laughs> no, they don't always remember. Sure. But at or le- want to remember? Or want to remember? Yeah. But at least there's there's no nobody likes to be surprised. Right. They really don't. Right. Um, unless it's a Good surprise, like I, a uh, I'm giving you a trip to Disney. Yeah, doubling your salary, yeah. yeah, yeah. Then I'll be surprised. Yeah,
1: I, I, you know, I've got some other. I, I wrote, I wrote down some key phrases, key, key words that we could use, and not just in the business context that I think also help reduce anxiety under the right circumstances. I, yeah, I'll go through a couple. One is, um, I forgive you. I forgive you is just an amazing. That's good. Phrase that reduces anxiety, right? Why? There's the conflicts that people have with each other sometimes uh, are because of a lack of forgiveness. Uh, I'm sorry or I apologize is really, really powerful. And I think people just stink it. I mean, if I, I'm a pretty, I, I would consider myself defensive in the way that I grew up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. I've got a mentality of sort of a fighter mentality. And I love debate, right? But when I'm wrong, I got to say I'm wrong. I got to say I'm sorry about that sincerely. Here's another. You're right. You're right. It's amazing how when you deal with people in the context of family or at work or in a business, th- you know the phrase, the customer is always right? Yeah. They're not. Yeah. But who cares if they're paying your bills? Yeah. Just get over it. <laughs> I don't care. We don't. You, you don't have to be the winner here. Because you'll be the loser when they take their business somewhere else. Um, Thank you. Keywords to reduce anxiety. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for letting me know. Thank you for coming in here. Thank you for being my customer. Thank you. Um, I wrote down, it's my pleasure. Here's one. Yes. The word yes. Yes. We in businesses, we stink at saying yes. (laughs) We say, no, it's our policy. No, it's COVID. Oh, that's, don't say the word COVID. That raises anxiety, right? Instantly. Even if you're even if it has nothing to do with it. Um, but find a way to say yes to something. Say yes to something to make it fit, right? What um, about,
0: I'm not sure how I can do that, but I'm going to try. Right. I,
1: I'll, I know people who do know. Hey, one, of my, one of my favorite things is when I want to find a way to say yes to something, and they ask me for something that's beyond the scope. I, I'm not skilled or trained to do that, but I'm probably around someone who is. So go to that person. I also love... I give this advice to my children. I give it to my wife. Don't take no for an answer. Somebody yeah. can say yes. Just keep going until you find that person, right? Um, here's some keywords. Let me help or I can help. Look... F- you know, how do you know the people who need help? Look around in your business. Uh, Jeff, you know the universal sign for choking? Someone's choking, mm-hmm. right? So It's the hands up to the neck, right? Yep. What's the universal sign for I'm lost? It's that's that oh sign their mouth <laughs> is open there. they're looking around dazed and confused look for those people and say can i help you interestingly yeah. enough when
0: somebody has that universal sign yeah they're actually saying most of the time mm. will somebody notice i'm lost and help me yes. because they don't want to say hey i'm lost <laughs> right. but they want somebody to find right. out and help
1: right but if they're lost they're anxious so go help them go help them um i, I love this last one you've come to the right place That's or you've good. come to the right person Because I don't know if I'm the expert at that, but let's figure it out. Let's just, there's nothing so complicated that I can't find the right person to say yes. I wrote some words to avoid, okay? Avoid no if you can. No. Even if it really is a no, it's no to that, but yes to something. Yes to something. How about it's our policy? No one on the planet has (laughs) said, I I wish more people would say no, it's our policy because we can't do that. No one wants that. Um, I would, but, you know, I would do this for you, but my boss won't let me. I'm supposed, to, so I like you, but I don't like your boss. I still don't like your company because you said no, right? Um, uh, next in line, I hate that phrase. When, when you're standing there, next in line, how about good morning or welcome yeah. or something positive? And then the last one, it's a healthcare one. Makes me makes me laugh when I hear it. Phlebotomists, the people who draw your blood, or a paramedic who's going to stick you f- for an IV just before the needle goes in. What do they say out loud? Big stick. Oh, that really reduces anxiety. Big stick. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want a big stick. Give me you know, a I, stick. there's no, no, Just be. Just there's a better way to say the needle's about to go in. You know, yeah. if you're six years old and you hear big stick, it's not going to sound well. Nope. So those are just some I wanted to you know sort of share with because they could be used in a lot of places
0: you know that's interesting you mentioned the big stick because my anxiety level raises to about a plus thousand yeah. when there's whenever a needle is involved and I can think of a few handful of times when that anxiety level was reduced because the nurse or the doctor usually the nurse was wise enough to recognize that my anxiety was not going to help the process yes. And, uh, and there, the, I, I'm in very grateful for those people yes. who did it. Yes. In fact, I try to, I try to, uh, I try to warn everybody yes. <laughs> when I go in, yes. hey, I'm going to need some help here, which is really the bottom line. Yes. If you're talking about medicine, I don't know anybody that goes into medical procedures without a level of anxiety, yes. uh, at least to some degree, that is elevated. Yes. Um, even if you've done it 100,000 times, right. it's still an unknown event. But it's also the same with starting school. It's the same with entering yeah. into a new relationship, yes. uh, a new job, whatever. If we can simply see the value in helping people to not be anxious, yes. really everybody wins. Right, You win, I win, we all win. Right. So why not, right?
1: If you're on the other side providing the service, you might have uh, not remembered that you've done this a thousand times. Yeah. This is the first time or second time for someone else not the same. Thank you.
0: Bob, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for being here. We'll do it again. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. To the flip side. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at www.storypointchurch.com
1: or www.messychristianity.com.